You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, don't it sound so epic? Horns are screaming, I ain't the one you want to mess with. Use a joke, I ain't the one you want to jest with. The battle's coming, you only got a few seconds to run. All right, Houday Bengals fans, my name is Matt Minnick, and this is Bengals Shock Talk. Today, my guest is Nick Faribault from Pro Football Network, and we are going to talk about the 2020 NFL Draft and some of the top front seven players available in this draft. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Awesome. So uh, we'll start up front. Now, the Bengals went out and got DJ Reader, uh, who is a very very much a multiple player in the, in the front, but a little bit more of a nose tackle than what they had previously in Billings. Obviously, they've got Geno Atkins as well, playing the three technique. Uh, but with all of the odd fronts, all of the three, four, and bear-type looks that they're running, uh, they could definitely uh, afford to add another defensive tackle. Uh, maybe get an upgrade for for Tupo there. So, um, who are some defensive linemen uh, who you think could be sometimes a five technique, sometimes a three technique to to get uh, Geno some rest and kind of fit into a good role like that? And you know, guys that might be available uh, day two and beyond. Yeah, there's a few interesting guys because I think this class, when you look at that second round crop, maybe early third crop of guys. There's a few guys that can play all the way up at the nose down to the five. Um, I think Justin Matubuike is kind of one of those guys that you look at. Um, an explosive pass rusher with a lot of pass rushing upside to bring. And that's kind of what you want in these versatile guys. You don't just want to run stuff. Or you want to move them up and down the line and get them in pass rushing scenarios where they can get pressure, get sacks. Um, I think an underrated guy that fits that mold is Laramo is Laurel Merchinson out of uh, NC State. I think that could be a top of the fourth round uh, pick. I think he's got a lot of explosiveness. He had some ability to two-gap at uh, NC State. I think that's a little bit of an underrated uh, type of guy, but there's a lot of guys here. I think Blacklock can do it. I think Neville Gallimore has some experience to be able to do it. Uh, Marlon Davidson, who was an edge rusher at Auburn, is going to slide inside, probably be that 5-3 tech hybrid. Um, so I think there's a lot of guys in this class that will fit that mold, and I think the Bengals are going to be able to find one in the first three rounds. Yeah, I think uh, I think that Davidson uh, is a is a real good uh, example there. You know, the guy that played um, you know played on the end really, uh, but yeah, it makes a lot more sense there. So you kind of have that versatility. It's probably natural and easier transition for him to be able to do something like that. Uh, I'm a big fan of James Baylor, or, or excuse me, James Lynch. From Baylor as well, uh, you know, a guy that can kind of move around there, has some power, but definitely, you know, really explosive off the ball as well. Yeah, James Lynch is kind of the one guy that's not talked about at all, but this guy is a top 
10 uh, interior defensive lineman in this class to me. Really savvy hand uses. He has a few moves. He likes to use uh, a cross chop that he really uses well and effectively. Obviously has a very, very, very hot motor. Great effort. Um, I, I feel like when you look at James Lynch, there's a reason he was productive. And it's just because he's such a polished player. Uh, he's got pretty good counters. There's a lot there with him. I wouldn't say he's a super twitched up athlete, but I would say this guy is a solid player and a guy that could go day two and get good value for this team. I think when you look at the Bengals, I think that's a nice fit for James Lynch. This is a guy who really thrives off of just winning with technical prowess. And the Bengals could use anyone that can win just with technical prowess, even if they're not a great athlete, because he's not a bad athlete by any means. Yeah, and that's a little bit of kind of what they what they got in Hubbard. Uh, you know, Hubbard more of a of an end slash linebacker for them, but uh, you know, definitely a guy who's not extremely twitched up and kind of wins in pass rush because he is really well coached and, and you know has some has some great technique. Um, you know, and you know fits into that kind of moving piece sort of role uh, in a, in a different way. And I think really that's what you know that, that's why I look at here is. In, in a multiple defense, you have to have those multiple players, you know, and, and uh, you know, the guys we're talking about here you know, are guys that can move along the defensive line. Um, you know, obviously we have guys like Hubbard who uh, are defensive ends, but are also going to stand up in your in your three, four type looks. And they'll, and they'll walk out and they'll, they'll be uh, over over slot receivers and, and dropping off a of coverage, doing things like that as well. So. Um, the Bengals only have three edge rushers on the roster, uh, in, including Hubbard, Lawson, and Dunlap. So who are some guys that you think could be very multiple like that and, and fit into that type of role, uh, again, for day two and beyond? Well, the obvious one, I think, when you look at who could be that base end, still drop off the ball and bring a few things to this team, I, I think, obviously, Zach Bond, right? I mean, that's the first thought you look at when you think of a guy that literally was used in that role at Wisconsin. I don't think Bond is necessarily maybe a terrific, perfect prospect, but he is a fringe first-round guy, a pretty explosive player. Overall, I was shocked, actually, when I went into his tape, I did not expect him to be as explosive as he was, but he's got a pretty good first step. And more importantly, I think this guy has a pretty good pass rush repertoire. I know there's a lot of talk moving him off ball. I think he's too good of a pass rusher. I think he knows how to run the arc well. I think he's got a good. I think he's got a good move set that it can win on the outside or come back inside with counters. He's got a nice spin move. Uh, he's got that cross chop. He's got a nice little rip dip on his set as well. I don't think he's specifically too bendy, but he can win in multiple ways. And I think Bond has also shown that ability to drop into coverage and be fluid. I think that's your main guy. Another guy you could talk about there uh, would be Josh Uche. I don't know how you would feel about having Uche as, a, as specifically a base end. I think he's more of a 3-4 backer who could slide off the ball, but he's another guy who has that versatility. So there's a few guys in this class when you look at that. Um, but Bond, I think, at 33 makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and, and I think Bond, from every bit of film I've watched, to me he's the he's the second best edge rusher in the class just from a from pure pass rush standpoint, um, you know I I gotta I can't give it to anybody uh, other than Chase Young over him. So uh, yeah, he can definitely get after the after the quarterback. Has some great moves, you know, gets off the blocks uh, and just makes makes plays out there. 
Um, I think, uh, you know, Uche is a guy that you're, you're right. I don't know if I want him rushing the passer all the time. I don't know how much I, I trust him in that situation, but he, he kind of does some different things. You know, and you talk about being a moving piece, he's a guy that from off the ball, you see blitzing, uh, blitzing the A gap and the B gap. Uh, and he's able to time that stuff up really well. And, um, and, you know, gets a, gets a good shot in on the guard when he needs to. And he does a good job with that stuff. I also think that when you move him outside of the box uh, and and play him uh, as a, uh, uh, you know, as an invert player uh, over slot receivers, he does a really good job with that, too. So it, it's kind of a, a little bit of a different usage to me, but it, it fits into, you know, what you pencil into the same basic position defensively. But, uh, you know, but the usage is just going to be different. Um, now one guy who's had some, uh, had some injuries and, and I think he's, you know, a bit of a red flag and, and Bengals fans have every wor- uh, reason to be worried based on our past because of it, um, is Terrell Lewis. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Lewis? Uh, and you know, how do you think that, uh, do, you know, do you think he's going to uh, be able to get it done in the NFL, stay healthy and, and be productive? So Lewis is interesting because I, I hate using the term upside because I do like to stick uh, something on these prospects. But I think Lewis is a guy with a lot of upside to his game, but he's going to have to be coached up. Um, again, those injuries come back not just because they're injuries, obviously, and there's durability concerns, but I think he's a little bit raw as well. This is a guy who would have been a senior if he was healthy. I mean, he's coming out as a redshirt junior, but he has so many natural tools. I think he's got a really good first step. His length is fantastic. He wins with it a lot. He likes to fully extend and disengage through that. Has a pretty good long arm. This is a guy that does a lot of good stuff. He can two-gap really well. Uh, he's just a lot of a lot of clay that needs to be molded, right? I mean, the counters aren't there yet. There's not a lot there in terms of his run defending. He doesn't hold the edge as well, but again, he's kind of that base end type hybrid. He can move in space. Um, it's just for him, it's, it's getting everything down, the hand usage, the gap integrity, all this stuff. He's got the stand-up ability. I think he's a pretty solid fit actually in the Bengals scheme, but with Lewis, you just got to mold him and, and, and probably to get him, you probably got to get him at 33. So, the Bengals obviously have to weigh that risk. That weigh that weigh that risk. Excuse me, um, of getting Lewis. Now another guy that that I know you're a fan of, and he's a little bit under the radar, is uh, Travis Gibson from uh, Tulsa. Uh, can you talk a little bit about him and how you think uh, he he could fit into a defensive scheme? Yeah. So the prototypical three four outside linebacker when you look at Travis Gibson, bendy, quick athlete uh he's a guy that is going to be a steal in the draft i've heard some day three uh concert he's mainly a day three guy but maybe he could sneak into day two um, with this process gibson is a guy that will win primarily with his speed rush so he's not going to be a dynamic rusher that wins in multiple ways which does cap his upside a little bit but i think this is a guy that you look at and you say Okay, I can work with this. He can move in space. He's dropped into coverage. He's bendy. He's gotten pressure, and he's a great gap penetrator. So I can use this guy on twists and stunts, scheme him free, and let him go to work there. So I think this is a guy where you look at and you say, there's a lot I can do with him. I just need to make sure I use him properly because he's not going to be 
super scheme versatile with his skill set. Now, again, we talk about versatility, and as we move more into the off the ball linebacker position, there are some guys there who, who have shown some versatility. Uh, Akeem Davis Gaither, for one. Uh, now, truly, the position he played at Appalachian State was edge, and you see him rushing the quarterback. Um, you know, you, you see him lining up on the edge, uh, out on receivers as well. But based on his size, you know, he's not truly an edge rusher in the, the NFL level and, and probably more of an off-the-ball type of guy. Uh, what do you think of Davis Gaither? Do you, do you think that versatility gives him some advantage, and, and how do you see him uh, transitioning to inside linebacker? Yeah, he's such a weird evaluation. Um, rock solid, great instincts. He's a good tackler. He disengages well. He's a good, obviously great in coverage. I mean, he's made some great plays in coverage, both in zone and man. Um, when you look at the, him, he's a typical Will linebacker uh, in a 4-3. Ideally, that's where he is. If he has to go to a 3-4, he's probably going to play the Mac. Um, but that is something when you look at Akeem Davis Gaither that you say, where am I going to play this guy? Because even when you play him at the Will, yes, he showed he could cover the guys man-to-man. You don't ideally want him in that role. Uh, so it's a little bit of a muddy projection for me with Davis Gaither. He's very, very good. And a rock solid player in my top 50 prospects. With him, it's just he's a weird projection because he's kind of a tweener. He's not an edge. He's a little slight to be a linebacker. He's not a safety. So so you're wondering where do you put this guy? I think obviously off-ball linebacker is the place he's going to play. But you got to use him in very strategic ways because it could get really rocky for him if he doesn't find the right fit and is not coached the correct way. Yeah, and, and you talk about the will. I mean, you know, really in the in the four three system, that's a guy who's either bumping inside or coming off the field when you get into your substitution packages. So you kind of have to wonder about the overall value unless you can find other roles for him. Um, I think you know definitely is a situational pass rusher coming from space because he has shown that that acumen. But you know you don't you don't want the three hundred fifty pound offensive tackle to to know that guy's coming. Um, now you talk about a weird evaluation to me watching him like there, there are plays where it's just, how did they not block him on that? Uh, so I don't know. He's like a running back, you know, like he's slippery. He just kind of, he, oh, yeah. he just kind of shoots out the other side sometimes. But um, now on the other side of the versatility, versatility, uh, we look at Logan Wilson, uh, who much like uh, Jermaine Pratt, who, who the Bengals drafted last year, started uh, his career as a defensive back. Um, you know, so he, he does show some skills uh, in coverage, but really the strength of his game is, is tackling, you know, excellent tackler um, you know, up there at Wyoming. Uh, what are your thoughts on Wilson? I like Logan Wilson. I think he's he might not be a great athlete or an elite athlete, but he's a really solid athlete. And the guy, there's a reason why he was so productive at Wyoming. It's just because he sees – the field so well. He reads his keys as a linebacker so easily and so well. And he flies to the football. He's got really good closing speed, I think. And when you look at him, what's kind of the main issue with him? It's 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 probably in man coverage. You don't want to trust him covering a guy man-to-man. He's a little stiff in the hips. So you don't want to, want to put him there in that position. So then you ask, okay, where am I going to put Logan Wilson? I can put him at the mic probably. I could, I could even see him being a Sam. 
Um, there's I'm not putting him at the will for obvious reasons. Um, but this is a guy that brings a lot to the table, a smart linebacker. He's not a throwback because he I think he's athletic enough to be a starter in this league. He's not you know like he's not running like a four eight forty. This is not athletically deficient at all. But I, I think when you look at a guy like Logan Wilson, you say, okay, he's a day two value. It's just I got to find where to put him because if I don't get him into good coverage situations, he's obviously going to become a mismatch over the middle of the field. So instead, I want him buzzing underneath. I want him being a zone guy primarily, not man-to-man. So as we talk about guys that are good in pass coverage, uh, one name that sticks out is Marcus Bailey from Purdue. Um now he like he looks great in pass protection or to me pass coverage. Um, really, you know he he's got a knack for reading the quarterback uh, in zone, making a break on on balls. And uh, as you know, my 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 trade is really coaching defensive backs, uh, and I get really annoyed watching defensive backs, watching linebackers seeing them in coverage and seeing them make a bunch of tackles. I want to see guys that are making plays on the ball. And, and that's what Marcus Bailey's doing. Like he's getting there, you know, before, before the catch is made uh, big injury concerns with Bailey um, only played two games this year, but, but a season ago, you know, he played the whole year and, uh, and was very productive. Uh, what, uh, what are your thoughts on Bailey? It's kind of all the injuries. It's, it's, it's how does he stack up after those injuries? Cause Sometimes I think he was a solid athlete on film, but sometimes after those injuries, he's got two ACL tears uh, that can sap some of the athleticism. So if he has the athleticism sap, that lowers his coverage ceiling uh, to a degree. So you look at him, I think he has good range. I remember there was a play against Ohio State when I was watching him. He came, shot the gap blitzing on the A-gap, turned around, ran all the way to the sideline and tackled, and tackled J.K. Dobbins. That was a great play, um, and he can make plays like that consistently. He's such a physical player, but an instinctual, rangy, and overall just a fluid athlete. He's he's such a modern linebacker. I think he fits perfectly into the league. I think you can keep this guy on the field in all three downs. He's not going to be a liability in too many situations as long as that athleticism holds up after the knee injuries. And Marcus Bailey is a guy that should be in the day two conversation, but he's not getting that hype at all right now. Just a really solid linebacker who, if he was healthy, would probably be viewed a lot higher. Yeah. To me, to me, it's, it's Isaiah Simmons, obviously. And then Patrick, Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray are their own little cluster. And and I think Marcus Bailey, uh, along with Davis Gaither and Logan Wilson, um, you know, throw Willie Gay in there uh, as well. Um, Malik Harrison from Ohio State, Jordan Brooks, like those guys to me are all guys that I think have potential and should be like third round picks. But who knows if all those guys are, are able to go there. But um, but yeah, I mean, to me, Bailey's at the top of that list for for his potential, what he is able to do. Interesting this year, you can't get the medicals. You can't have them you know, in your site. You can't have them working out private workouts, anything like that. Uh, a lot of pro days canceled. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I caught an interview with Zach Taylor, uh, where Taylor said something about, he was talking about how this, everything's different this year. And he said, yeah, just the other day I was watching a player on YouTube. He was, 
he was injured and missed almost the entire year. And he, he just put a video on YouTube of, of him working out. Uh, and that was Marcus Bailey. Uh, there's not a doubt in my mind it was Marcus Bailey because that interview took place like a day or two after Bailey did that. Um, so that's what it's going to come down to this year with a lot of these guys is you're going to have to make judgment calls off of YouTube videos. You know? Yeah. Because uh, like you're saying, you know, like, how good is that ACL? You're gonna to have to look at that, look at that clip on YouTube, and and make that decision, and and live with your choice. But I think with Bailey, there's a huge upside, and especially for the Bengals, who they just brought in Josh Bynes. Um, you know that gives you the ability to use Bailey in coverage where he's really good, develop him with everything else, maybe ease him back you know, uh, from, from injury and not put too much on him right away, but to, to use him, uh, in those passing situations and, and be able to substitute, uh, you know, binds him when they, when they run a, a true run stuffer in there. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Now, another guy who is a bit of a projection is Davion Taylor from Colorado. Uh, now this guy's an awesome athlete, uh, but, I mean, he looks a little lost out there sometimes, and, and it's understandable why. Uh, this is a guy that played one high school football game, I believe. Uh, he was only able to play one, uh, and and no injuries or anything like that. It was a, uh, due to religious commitments. He was not able to do anything on Saturdays, and, and that was the way that, that, that things went down uh, in high school for him. That, that was one of those competitions where um, – able to work that out with his family, I guess, and, and went to community college, ended up in Colorado. But so this is a guy that has not been playing football very long is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and, uh, but an excellent athlete. Uh, what do you think about, about Taylor and the type of uh, developmental prospect uh, that he is? He's raw, 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 raw. <laughs> all, he's all athleticism. This is just all projection, right? I mean, obviously this is a guy that has, all the athleticism in the world to be a modern day NFL linebacker. He was a safety at Colorado. He's going to move to linebacker and he's got so much range, so much burst. You just don't see a ton of any, any mental processing with him. He's his body isn't really crafted for the NFL yet. So he's got to get in the weight room. Uh, and even it, though he's fluid and he's very mobile and he's quick and he's got this burst, in all upside and coverage, he just doesn't have any of the instincts right now. So even though he does have that upside in coverage, obviously there's two aspects to coverage. You gotta have the athleticism and fluidity, and then you gotta have the processing ability to read everything going on. He's got the first two, he just doesn't have the third part. And he's gotta he's gotta study the game and and really learn that because he's new to the game, really. I mean, all these other guys that are coming have usually been playing this game at least five years. Taylor's been playing it not even close to that amount of time. So this is a guy that's just going to have to learn the game of football, a developmental prospect who, if he pans out, can be a really, really solid football player. But again, he's just got so much to go with. Uh, probably a day three flower you take on him, but you won't find many guys with his upside in this class. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where a guy like that goes. And and you know, like we've, we've talked about a little bit with this year's draft being a little bit different, um, you know, obviously they're they're able to to talk with some of these guys on 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 Zoom and uh, FaceTiming and things like that. But you know, 
they're not, they don't have necessarily the same information they, they always did. So how can they process what they have seen on film, what they have seen in YouTube videos and things like that, uh, and, and figure out who's going to be a, a good fit. Uh, now, another guy I know you're very high on and whose name I am sure to butcher is Justin Schnad. <laughs> I pretty much did that on purpose. Uh, but the guy from Wake Forest uh, who does not – you can't buy him a vowel. Uh, Justin Stranad, maybe? Yeah, Stranad. I think it's Stranad. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Really seems like he could use another vowel on that name. But uh, anyway, what, what do you uh, think of him? He, he was a guy that, that you know, stuck out to me uh, you know, for, some, for some good things on film, but I know you're particularly high on him. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is a guy that – who was hurt by injuries, right? Uh, another guy who I think he tore his bicep. So, and then he leaves for the rest of the season and just fades away. Uh, he's almost 24, so age is another factor in this. Sternad, though, is a really good athlete. And you kind of look at this, and he plays with his hair on fire. I mean, he's all around the field making plays. He's got pretty good instincts. He's got great range. He's got the coverage ability. Uh, he's really got the coverage ability, and I mean that. He's a three-down linebacker who moves very well in short spaces in zone and can flip his hips and run with you over the slot if he needs to. He's got that. He's got that projection there. Uh, his biggest issue by far is his tackling, and, and that's going to turn a lot of people off uh, because it, as a linebacker, I mean, what's going to happen if you aren't a short tackler? He misses too many tackles. And with me, that's kind of his biggest issue. He's kind of the reverse of some of these guys. Most guys are really good downhill linebackers that are that attack the running game better than they do backpedaling. And that's the opposite way. He's, he's good in coverage and really comfortable there. But when he's flying downhill against the runs, that's where he can get caught in sticky situations. And he's got to work on that. And He's got to work on scraping over the top of defenses and avoiding traffic. There's some things he has to work on. But I think you look at the coverage ability and the athleticism and you say, hey, this is a guy that is a modern NFL linebacker and has the ability to do a lot of good things in the league. Yeah, and that's interesting, too, because I think the area that he's probably going to get drafted in, or at least where teams are going to be considering him, they're going to be deciding between him and – Evan Weaver and Joe Batchy and some of these guys that are a little bit more old school plugger types, um, you know, sure tacklers, Evan Weaver, ridiculously productive tackler. Um, but, but yeah, don't have necessarily that same coverage upside. I also think it's interesting what you say. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned his hips because that st- stood out to me too. He looks like a defensive back the way he flips his hips in coverage. Uh, you don't find a lot of linebackers that, that are really that, that smooth, with their hips um, and, and he can do it. So that, that's definitely uh, something special. And I mean, honestly, you don't find DBs that can do that when they're six, three very often either. You know? yeah. um, and, you know, so he's got a lot of good things going for him, but, but yeah, just, uh, you know, they can, they can clean up his tackling and get him a little bit more sure there. He just, he, he whiffs on too many tackles. Uh, that is, that is for sure. Um, all right. Well, in terms of the, uh, you know, the defensive front, um, we, we, we say front seven, um, but as we talk about versatile players, you know, there are always those safeties that are going to get involved in what, uh, as well. And a big thing in the Bengals fandom uh, is talking about Sean Williams as a linebacker. 
because a stat came out about you know that, that he played linebacker a, a large portion of the year. And really, you know, it's a matter of your role, you know, and, and it's just kind of the way the Bengals use their strong safety. Most of the time that there wasn't another safety on the field for him, except in those uh, dime situations. Um, so he was, you know, it's just kind of the matter of, of how they use their safeties. Uh, do you see any safeties that, that stand out to you as, as guys that can play multiple roles, that can do some good things in deep field coverage, but also come in and be a quicker, uh, you know, maybe a little bit smaller uh, linebacker type of, of body for them as well? The obvious one is Jeremy Chin. I think he's the obvious fit there. I think he's got. He's not smaller. <laughs> yeah, he's not smaller, but he's he's got that role. I mean, he's got the build, and he's got the fluidity to still be deep. Um, if you want a smaller guy that can fit in that role, I would say maybe a guy like a Kavon Wallace can do that. Um, I think he's primarily going to be a slot slash box safety type of guy. Brandon Jones from Texas can do that. Uh, Antoine Brooks out of Maryland, another guy that can do that type of role. Uh, you look at kind of the linebacker uh, types, and in this class you have, I think you and me both know who the two obvious ones are. It's Chin and Duggar, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the smaller guys aren't always there in this role. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see where these safeties are projected. Because Duggar, Duggar looks like a linebacker. I mean, he does. He looks like a Will linebacker when you watch him on film. There's another guy in Tanner Muse who looks like a linebacker. Um, but the smaller guys that are going to be able to drop deep and still come up in the box are guys like Kevon Wallace. I think Kevon Wallace fits that mold really well, especially well. Um, so that's kind of the guys that can fit in that because he's not stiff-hipped and he's not – you know, he's not going to be blind if he's in the deep half of a field in the cover two scheme if he needs to. So that there's he's the guy that I'm looking at kind of as potentially that guy. If you want a smaller guy, that is. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, uh, you know, a colleague Hudson from uh, from Michigan, uh, you know, fits in that similar role. I mean, he's, he's that that Jabril Peppers role basically is what he was filling there. Um, you know, Geno Stone from Iowa is kind of an interesting one to me. I mean, that guy just – he makes plays downhill. Like, he, he like they line him up at safety, but he looks like he wants to be a linebacker. You know what I mean? He ran a 4-7, but he plays like he runs a more like a 4-5. It's really interesting. He's actually got some pretty good closing burst. Um, I remember that play against Michigan. He came out of nowhere um, and just smacked the guy down at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, he loves playing downhill. You see Geno Stone doing that all the time on film. There's a lot of guys that do like playing downhill in this class, and, and I think – in particular, when you look at guys like that, I think Khalil Hudson's another guy that you mentioned um, who can fit in that role. Not getting any buzz right now could be a D3 steal for some team. So th- there's a lot of guys. I think this class is more heavy on the box safety types than maybe a deep safety type. But, I mean, you're going to have a few guys that are going to fit into that role and do it well. So you mentioned uh... – you mentioned Hudson is a possible steal, like a bit of an under-the-radar guy, which is incredible for a guy that, you know, he played at Michigan, he went to the Combine. Uh, he's still not getting the buzz. Uh, he had 100, 101 tackles. And, you know, I'm not a proponent of that, meaning he's a good tackler or that he's going to be a great NFL player, but um, it certainly should get, get some attention anyway. Uh, so are, are there some other guys out there uh, defensively uh, that, that you think – 
aren't getting enough buzz and, and, you know, aren't even being really talked about as guys that could be drafted, but you think could be, you know, potential uh, big time guys? Uh, I think the, the big one for me is in this edge class. I, there's very, very little buzz um, around Derek Tuska. Uh, I don't get it. He's got a sizable amount of burst in his frame. He's got really nice hand uses. He's flexible enough to bend around the edge. He's powerful enough to come at you with a bit of a, a stun punch, and it works really well with him. I think that you look at Derek Tuska and you say, I'm not going to say he there. this has been thrown out there by a few people. Um, that he's Max Crosby 2.0. I don't think he's Max Crosby 2.0, but he certainly fits along the line of a Max Crosby type. And I'm just going to try and keep this in the front seven um, type of deal, but I'm going to go to another defensive lineman. Uh, how about Nick Telvin Aguim out of Arkansas? This guy is a guy that has no bu- has not enough buzz around him. I mean, I see him going around six in some of these mock drafts. Some of the mock drafts I see He's an explosive lineman with a ton of upside in the pass rushing. He's versatile, can move up and down the line. Strong defender with a good anchor. I like McTelvin and he game. He was a call-up from the Shrine game, went to the Senior Bowl, played well there. This is a guy that needs to get more hype. So, you know, one thing about uh, uh, Tuska that I'll, that I mentioned. So he's a North Dakota State guy. Um, so. I started my my coaching career at South Dakota State. Uh, you know, both complete competing in the in the same uh, division uh, in, in to me in, in the the FCS, but uh, also in the same conference. And one thing about like geographically that area is there there are some massive human beings out there. Uh, so you know, when we talk about like level of competition, what people are seeing, I think when you look at you know, schools like that in, in that area, athletically, um, you could you can make a case that, well, this receiver wasn't seeing great defensive backfields. They weren't seeing that kind of speed uh, to some extent. But um, I, I'll tell you a story. When I was recruiting out there, the offensive line coach had a rule. Like, if you brought in film of an offensive lineman who was under 6'5", and he wasn't an absolute butt kicker, like you get laughed at, <laughs> like, you know, like, so, like there are massive human beings out there. So that is a guy that, you know, if, if that's part of what's holding him back, like, I, like, trust me, he was seeing some, some good offensive tackles out there and, and some big boys. Uh, Cause you know, that's, uh, you know, that, that that's farm country, you know, <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they got plenty of a uh, huge human beings out there. So I think, you know, especially from a, you know, from a line uh, standpoint, like he's definitely seen some uh, some strong competition in there. Um, you know, a couple other guys, and uh, I'll mention. I, I feel like Bryce Huff, you know, is an edge that's not getting enough uh, attention. And uh, Joe Gaziano from from Northwestern, uh, really like, you know, I don't want to throw out hard worker, but like he's always moving, like just <laughs> super active, fast yeah. off the ball, uh, all time Northwestern leader in sacks, I believe, uh, and. He's, you know, he's a bigger guy. So I don't know if he's a true edge, but, you know, going back to kind of where we started this conversation, he's a guy that that I think might be able to be a really good five technique and then maybe a passing situation, you know, three technique technique type of guy uh, who has some flexibility and, you know, getting into the right situation 
could be uh, could be really interesting for somebody. Yeah, Gaziano's a little bit interesting player because I don't think he's a great athlete, um, but man, he's powerful, right? I mean, he's got a lot of power in that frame. He's got a very powerful rip move that he uses. And he's got a lot of sand in his pants, so he stands in there well in run defense and knows how to stack and shed really well. So this is a guy that is going to bring value. At the very least, I think he's going to be a depth guy. And a lot of people are not talking about him. I I see him getting drafted in maybe round five, round six, and probably making a roster and sticking around for a while. He's got a lot of value. Uh, Even nowadays, that that hot motor guy – that could step in, give you a little bit of a bull rush, and still stick it in there for run defense, still has a place in the league. And he's going to stay there. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate uh, appreciate you coming on today and, and your insights. Uh, where can people go to, to follow you and your work? Yeah, they can find me uh, on Twitter at Farabaugh, F-B-F-A-R-A-B-A-U-G-H-F-B, on Twitter. And you can also check out um, our my article my articles at Pro Football Network, uh, great team over there of guys working on the drafts and uh, we're excited. Got a new simulator out. Go run some mock sims over there with the Bengals. You know, do all that stuff. Yes, yeah, simulator's great. Now, and you guys have trades in there too, right? Yep, we got trades. And no premium membership required to do trades. Nope, no premium membership. So awesome. So. So yeah, I mean that, that that's something that's a uh, it's a little bit unique. You get the trades without uh, without having to pay for it. Uh, I've I've used that simulator myself. I actually used it for the uh, the Twitter mock draft that I that I did for the Bengals uh, last week. So uh, definitely a good good simulator there. So all right, well I, again appreciate uh, having you on. And uh, uh, for Bengals fans and you know listeners, uh, appreciate you uh, you tuning in and. Lots of uh, great content coming your way through the Cinchy Jungle platform in the uh, coming weeks here. And after the draft, we'll be going on YouTube, breaking down film, putting up lots of different film review articles, things along those lines, and and talking about all of the new Bengals, not just uh, number one overall. I think we've talked uh, about him quite a bit already. Uh, so we'll be talking about all those guys. So make sure you are staying tuned to Cincy Jungle. Yeah, we're coming forward with sours. You hear the crowd, we're coming forward with sours. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.